Well, good morning and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a vision for you, big book study. My name is Janice M. and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. Today is Friday. It's March the 3rd, 2017. And we're in Bill's story. We're beginning, uh, we're going to be reading on page 12, starting with the very first paragraph, despite the living examples of my friend. And today's readers are for OA 12 Steps will be Shannon B. The OA 12 Traditions will be Cheryl R. And our readers for the text today are Deb W., Jackie B., and Devorah S. Now, I have two share IDs for you. That's four-digit numbers, okay? And they are for Thursday, March the 2nd, 2017. And the first number is for 7 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 9677. 9677. And for our 10 a.m. Eastern Time meeting is 9677. Seven eight. That's nine six seven eight. Our OA preamble: Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members. We are self-supporting through our own contributions neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose, OA's fifth tradition states, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Shannon B. to please read the 12 steps. Good morning, everyone. This is Shannon B., Recovered Compulsive Overeater in Athens, Georgia. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, we're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. 
Nine, make direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continue to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all our affairs. And thank you, Shannon B. I will now ask Cheryl R. to please read the OA 12 Traditions. This is Cheryl R. Can you hear me? I can. Okay. I'm Cheryl R., and I'm from Virginia, and I'm a grateful, recovered, compulsive overeater. The 12 Traditions. One, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon OA unity. Tradition two, for our group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for OA membership is a desire to stop eating compulsively. Four, Each group should be autonomous, except in matters affecting other groups or OA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. Six, an OA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the OA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every OA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Overeaters Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, OA as such ought never be organized, but we may create service boards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. 10. Overeaters Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues. Hence, the OA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. 11. Our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, films, television, and other public media of communication. And Tradition 12, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all these traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. And I pass. And thank you, Cheryl R. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature, then stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we are discussing, and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year, and for readers is six months. There is no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked 
to what was read. We are sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star one to unmute. Once you are done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star one to mute your phone. Now, in order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone except the speakers should be muted. Well, today we're going to resume our study in the big book, and we're in Bill's story. We're going to begin on page 12, the very first paragraph, and I will now ask Deb W. to please begin reading. Good morning, Janice. This is Deb W. recovered in Oklahoma. Despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. I didn't like the idea. I could go for such conceptions as creative intelligence, universal mind, or spirit of nature. But I resisted the thought of a czar of the heavens, however loving his sway might be. I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. My friend suggested what seemed a novel idea. He said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? That statement hit me hard. Let's see. Okay. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. Is that my last? Trying to remember what. That's it. That's good. Okay. I'm sorry. I'm trying to. Okay. So um, this is one of my favorite uh, places in the big book. And, you know, it's just so I I just made those words up and put it in the book because I can so identify with that. So um, when I go down and I talk about the vestiges of my old prejudice um, and the word God, still aroused a certain antipathy, which is an aversion. And, um, you know, that is lifelong. You know, I grew up in church. You know, my mom took us to church. And so the belief of the presence of God was instilled in me. Yet, you know, what did God mean? I mean, I believe that God created everything around me. I believe there was a, a God, even these uh, descriptions of God in this, uh, when uh, he was talking about, you know, the thoughts, the universal mind, the creative intelligence, that's all sounds like an acceptable thought of a power, you know, that's out there. But the idea of a power that's personal that's what I didn't get, you know. In in church, I knew that we went there to pay homage to this God, this power. But I didn't understand that that power really had anything personally to do with me. And plus, I was never good enough. I always could find the fault in me. So, you know, what, you know, I was always chasing God. And there, the same power that 
you know, is expressed as being there for me, that loves me, there is a power and a spirit that doesn't, you know, this is my story, you know, uh, that is always telling me that I'm not good enough, that I, uh, pointing out the criticisms in me, uh, leading me astray from the things that make me a better person, you know, um, and the more that I reached for this power, even in programs, the more, like it says, the other thoughts were intensified. But I found out in this program I had to find something. I had to find a workable, uh, creative power that could, you know, do for me what I couldn't do for myself. And, yes, I remember the sentences the freedom that I felt when it says, choose your own conception of God. I had to do something because the only power that I was willing to consider was my own, and my own was failing. So, you know, and the food was eating me up. The the unmanageable life, I was all over the place. And so um, had I been... You know, I sometimes magically think if we come into this world with the concept and the idea offered to us that we are spiritual just like we are, you know, flesh and blood, then maybe it would be able to, we would be able to accept and build on that spiritual part of us. But I got lost into the, in this world and so, and, and all the worldly stuff. And so, um, the aversion that comes and the door that shuts um, kept me from the belief that this power was here for me, that the whole idea of this power was to introduce me to the spiritual realm and to the spiritual world. You know, when I did get a taste of this power, one of the biggest places was in this program and when I worked the steps and I saw the things that I couldn't do before if I just did the footwork, sometimes I think the footwork just gets us distracted from our own strength. You know, I, I hear people in program that I talk to even now talk about, you know, yeah, I want this power. I'm working these steps. And then the feeling of it's still up to me. You know, it's still up to me to do this steps correctly. It's still up to me. But what this book introduces us to is letting go of everything we thought we knew about this power and showing up and doing the steps and letting the th- the power happen to us. How do I know when I see the power? I see the love that comes from me for others, for mankind. I see the, the unselfish um, desire to be there for other people. That isn't me. That is the power that's within me because alongside of that, I still hear the negative, the power that it has nothing to profit but wants my demise. I'm sure you've heard that before. Um, this, uh, this, where I see the love, I see it when my, my babies were born and I, and the, and I was flooded with human, with, with, humbleness and, and, and love and overwhelmed. I see it when my husband survived his stroke. I see it in the desire to serve him today, to do and be there for him, no matter how tired I get. I see it in the renewal 
of the next day when I'm so exhausted the night before. I see it when I bend down and pray. And in that prayer, I feel an emotion, a strength. And, and, and like I said, I get up and I'm renewed to keep going the next day because I don't have that strength. I'm exhausted. I'm tired. But in this power, I find strength. And so do I have to know it all today? Heck no. I don't know it all today. Just one day at a time, one step at a time, this power strengthens us and grows us and points us in the direction of betterment for ourselves, in the direction of growth. And I'm sure I spoke longer than I should have. Thank you, guys. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Deb W. Okay. Our comments, just a reminder, our comments are going to be on page 12. We're going to start with the first paragraph, despite the living example of my friend, and we're going to comment up to the end of paragraph three. I stood in the sunlight at last. Charles H. Charles H. Leanne W. Leanne P. Deborah R. Reva P. And Deborah S. Okay, we're going to take Tina a, S. We have a whole meeting, and you can be next in our next group, Tina. Deborah R. Okay, Charles H., it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Thank you for your service. Charles H., a recovered compulsive overeater. You know, the big book promises, prayers, warnings, conditions, also questions. I'm not going to touch that. I'm going to let you all rock on the why, the conception. Choose your, why don't you choose your own conception? I'm going to look at that word despite. Despite the living example of my friend, right? I want to take you to another place in a big book where it starts off with despite. Despite all we can say, many who are real alcoholics are not going to believe that. That <laughs> that belief. Um, and you know what? Like the word God, um, I'm not going to, I'm not sorry that it's in a big book 506 times. Um some of y'all, some of us make people higher power. Some of y'all make vision for you a higher power, um, and, and that's a great higher power. It's it's superhuman. Um, so I Google the word religion because you know I was at an AA meeting this um yesterday, and a brother was up there sharing about the history of AA and and the twelve steps, and he did a great job. And 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 somebody from the floor. Despite all, despite the timekeeper, everybody went over three minutes. Um, and you know, this dude got up and he was like, you know, um, he's about to throw a chair at a dude for a share because he said something about God. I said, bro, you ain't gonna do nothing to that dude because I'm about, I, I will pop on you in here. Because although I'm not the greatest person in the world, I'm not the lowest either. I'm not gonna let you, I'm not gonna let you hurt anybody in this meeting. You know what I mean? Like we have to have tolerance and. So I looked up, I Googled the word religion. It says um, the belief and worship of a superhuman controlling power, especially a personal god or gods. Um, and then it has some um, some synonyms, faith, belief, worship, creed. Um, you know, some of us worship uh, things that's human. Some of us worship money, worship this, worship that. Um, but, but, you know, when <laughs> Abby was just like Bill, and he said he knew it was something that was not human, right? The worst, the, the, the worst thing for alcohol, 
the, the hardest thing for an alcoholic and a compulsive overeater to do is to give up control. But on the other side of control, baby, is freedom. And with that, I pass. Thank you. Mm. And thank you, Charles H. Okay, Leanne W., it's your turn. Good morning. This is Leanne W. from Massachusetts. Can I be heard? You can. All right, terrific. Thank you. Um, despite the living example of my old friend, there remained in me the vestiges of my old prejudice. I looked up the word vestiges and found that it meant the smallest amount it's used to emphasize the absence of something. And what struck out at me with this is, is when I came into Vision for You, I had come in with prejudices that this program was going to work. I had, you know, I'm 54 years old. I've been coming through the doors of OA since I was 28 years old, and it just never worked. I had the prejudice that it just wasn't going to work, that I was not going to um, find the freedom and experience that spiritual awakening that is so promised in this book. And I just, you know, I I couldn't get past my prejudice. And so I continued to listen and I, you know, I would make phone calls and, and slowly God would just chip away at me as I remained open. And, um, and what I found was that if I just show up and I do the work and I work with the sponsor and, you know, make calls and just do what it's supposed to do. I found that I was led to um, my, you know, to a, to the promises, and I did have that spiritual experience and the spiritual awakening. But it took a long time for me to have that broken down. I mean, I had such a prejudice when I walked in, and I remember when I early on, a couple of years ago when I started listening, and I would listen, and then sometimes people would be sharing, and I would be so irritated, and I apologize, but I would just be so irritated because I I couldn't get past myself um, enough to be open. And then, you know, slowly I was humbled and, and really saw the miracle happen. And, you know, all I can say is for those that are out there, that maybe are experiencing that is just continue to just show up and to listen because it's just amazing how it has worked for me. And uh, so that's really just what jumped out at me this morning. And I'm just so grateful that God has been able to do for me what I have not been able to do for myself and, uh, and that, you know, you're all here and that this meeting is here and that I didn't stay stuck in my prejudices and that uh, I did, come to the promises and reach this point in my recovery. And with that, I pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Leanne W. Okay, Harlan G., it is your turn. Thank you very much, Janice. Harlan G., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Scottsdale, Arizona. This little set of paragraphs that we read this morning are so vitally important that they're they're importance cannot even be put into words. We take a look at what's happening here. Bill is drinking. This is November of 1934. Remember that he's been hospitalized twice. He has been hospitalized the second time in 1934, the spring of 34, and he wakes up in his room to hear Silkworth telling Lois that he is either going to be ha- he's either going to be given to the undertaker or to the asylum. 
he has hit a bottom, but he's hit a bottom to a point where he is not still able to wrap his brain around a personal God yet in the first paragraph. He has a certain antipathy, a strong dislike, an aversion. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this feeling was intensified. He didn't like the idea. Now, what happens here? Ebby says to him something that is going to open the door to millions and millions of people addicted to alcohol, food, gambling, drugs, whatever, sex, whatever that might be, born and unborn, when he says to him, why don't you choose your own conception of God? Come to think of it, I can't argue with my conception of anything. And I limited that statement to think, well, you could be any religion that you want. That's very limiting. That's very limiting. It means any conception of God or a power greater than myself that works for me. If you are an atheist, you are welcome here as long as you are willing. There's nothing here that says you must believe. All it says is that you must be willing to believe that there is a power greater than yourself that will restore you to sanity. If you are an agnostic, you are welcome here. If you are any religion, you are welcome here. If my God is small enough to understand, he's not big enough to help me. And there are two things I need to know about God. There is one, and it's not me. And for 18 years plus, I have not compulsively overeaten, nor have I wanted to because of a power greater than myself and a program found in a book called Alcoholics Anonymous in a program called Overeaters Anonymous. And with that, I will pass. Thank you. And thank you so much, Holland G. Okay, Reva P., it is your turn. morning. It's Reva P., Grateful, Recovered, Compulsive Overeater in Toronto. Um, I so relate to these few paragraphs, and I know when the big book puts something in italics, I need to pay attention because apparently they had to pay more for the typeset of italics. So for me, um, I was so similar to Bill because I had so much religious education um, and religious history knowledge and lots and lots of prejudices. For me, it actually turned me against this concept of a higher power um, because for me, God was very punishing. And if I didn't follow the rules and I was a bad girl, um, I was going to be punished. And if I was a good girl, then God would be like my little errand boy and he would just give me everything I wished for and begged for. And when that stuff didn't work out for me, um, and really... You know, the only thing that opened my mind, I was prejudiced, and if people presented this idea at the first meeting, I think I became more and more um, upset with it. But I was desperate. I was out of ideas, and I was at my bottom. Thank you, God. Um, And only because I was in such a desperate place was I willing to be open to change my belief, my concept. It was my concept of my higher power that was blocking me. Um, 
And I am amazed. You know, I was told right at the beginning, if my concept of a higher power is not working for me, I'm allowed to fire that God and hire a new one. And I can even create my own job description. Um, and that was an amazing concept. And it also hit me hard. I never, ever in my wildest dreams thought I could conceive um, of my own personal power. And, you know, it's a constant process. It's not something that I do once. And step two, I need that power, and I start beginning to come up with a different idea. But it constantly, constantly unfolds. And every time I work through 10, 11, and 12 and uncover my old beliefs, I start seeing old beliefs um, still, still after so many years about what this power is. Um, and what this program teaches me is I can change them. Like what a concept, what an idea. I can change that belief um, because it's all the beliefs and the old thinking that will get me to go back to the food once I've put it down and not triggered the allergy. And I love how he says suggested. You know, we're not told that we have to do anything here. It's all a suggestion. But like, hey, there were no other choices uh, when I was at my bottom. So I guess I took the suggestions um, because there was no other way that I could find. And with that, I passed. And thank you so much, Reva P. Okay, let's see. Who do we have? We have Deborah R. Please, your turn. Good morning, everyone. Good morning, fellows. Um, Deborah R. from Michigan. And um, what I'm reading through here, I first looked up anticipate, anticipate, um, saying that's wrong here. The word God still aroused a certain. It's a deep-seated feeling of dislike and hostility is another synonym or dislike or loathing. Um, and then it moves on to why don't you choose your own conception of God? And what it reminded me was um, that in the back of the big book, um, in the second appendix under spiritual experience, the last couple paragraphs, that most empathetically we wish to say that any alcoholic capable of honestly facing his problems in the light of our experience can recover provided he does not close his mind to all spiritual concepts. He can only be defeated by an attitude of intolerance or belligerent denial. We find that no one need have difficulty with the spirituality of the program. Willingness Honesty and open-mindedness are the essentials of recovery, but they are indispensable. And the last quote on that page is from um, Herbert Spencer. There is a principle which is a bar against all information, which is proof against all argument, and which cannot fail to keep a man in everlasting ignorance. That principle is contempt prior to investigation. And taking... Why don't you choose your own conception of God? And I just implore anyone and everyone who's having difficulty to just keep an open mind, stay honest with yourself, and be willing to stand in that sunlight. You may not really understand what the sunlight means to you yet. I certainly didn't in the beginning, but I do now, and it's a wonderful place. And as that, I pass. Thank you. And- and thank you, Deborah R. Okay, before we go on, I just want to remind everybody 
that we're on page 12, and we're commenting on paragraphs 1, 2, and 3, beginning with Despite the Living Example. Okay, I think we have Tina S. is going to be first, if she still wants to share. Anyone else? Anne Monica. Sarah M. Monica. Mara Z. And Gladys. Is it that was you, Larry. Gladys? Gladys yes. and Larry. Okay, what's your what's the last initial, Gladys? F. Oh yeah. Okay. And Larry K. We'll go with that group for now. And it's Tina F. It's your turn. Tina S. Go ahead, Tina. Was it Tina S? Okay, she didn't want... All right, how about Monica? Can you hear me, Jen? Sorry. That's okay. Is this Tina? Yes. Thanks for your service. Uh, Oh, please go ahead. Uh Um, Recovered compulsive eater anorexic in Florida and... You know, I'm so grateful to be on the line, and I always hear so many really good things, and and I'm glad I can relate. And, you know, what I liked was, despite the living example, you know, uh, someone with, with, um, with whom the problem had been solved. You know, I had many of those people in my life when I first came to Overeaters Anonymous, and, um, you know, but I had all those prejudices also, and, and, you know, and I'm glad I'm not alone because, you know, one of the things that I really hung on to was why don't you choose your own conception of God? And, you know, uh, being Grace Catholic and, you know, and I went to, to catechism for, you know, by the time, I, even when I was a senior in high school and other people would be like, you're still going to church? And then, you know, something happened, and I was just like, okay, I've been trying all these years to fit myself into this idea that they give me, and I just can't do it, you know? So, therefore, I was like, I'm out of here, you know? And that was always my thing. If I can't do it, I'm out of here. And uh, and if you can't do it for me, I'm out of here, you know? So, you know, one of the things that had to happen for me was, you know, and I have to live these steps, and I love that it talks about living examples because that's what happens today. You know, I have to live this way of life. But in, in the idea of, of creating my own conception of God, you know, there, and I always say this just for me, that there's work to be done, you know. In the 12th step, it says having had a spiritual awakening. And that was what happened for me. You know, it didn't happen early on. I had to do the work. And suddenly I was like, oh, my God, this stuff works. You know, so I, maybe I'll continue to do it. And then I stood in the sunlight at last. You know, and I have that feeling today that just gives me chills when I think about it. Because if I'm connected with a power greater than myself, I am certainly standing in the sunlight. And when Tina's running the show, there's no sunlight around, let me just tell you. And that does happen. But the good news is that there is a solution. And with that, I'll pass. Thanks. Hmm. And thank you, Tina S. Okay, Monica T., it's your, good morning to you, and it's your turn. Good morning, Janice. Good morning, everyone. My name is Monica T., I'm a recovered compulsive overeater in Florida. So here we are in Bill's story, and Bill's still, you know, struggling with step two, this, this God idea here for his solution. And he says, despite the living example of my friend, there remained in me the vestiges, the traces, the impressions of my old prejudice, my old ideas. I love that definition for prejudice, my old ideas. The word God still aroused a certain antipathy, strong feeling, dislike, hostility. When the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me, this was intensified. 
I didn't like the idea. And Monica says, ditto, ditto. Personal to me, I didn't like this idea. But, and he says, I have since talked with scores of men who felt the same way. So he's still struggling with the God idea, even with seeing this living miracle that he cannot deny and he understands he's seeing in front of him. And I take from this paragraph that, you know, Monica, it's okay. If you don't really have all this figured out, you don't need to have this figured out. You don't have to understand this. You know, it's okay. And if that's where you're at, you're sort of here standing up on your neck there, it's okay if that's where you're at at this point. That's the whole reason for the steps, is you work the steps and you will develop, increase, whatever, a relationship with a power greater than you. That's been my experience. Why don't you choose your own conception of God? You know, what qualities or attributes do you need right now from a higher power? Come up with your own conception. Give that conception a name, and then it's yours. It's not anybody else's. And I stood in the sunlight at last. You know, Bill sees here that it's possible to get out of the darkness and into the light. When I came into OA, it was very, very dark. That black hole was suffocating. And the light was going further and further away. But as a result of working these steps, you know, step 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, you know, it, it's amazing. Yes, I did. Yes, I have. But that was only the beginning. You know, I've got to continue working these steps every day. But anyway, you know, if you're not sure about this God thing right now and it makes the hair stand up on your neck, I'm just saying it's okay. Put aside your old prejudices, your old ideas. You know, mine didn't work. Are you willing to try something else? I said yes, and thank God I did. And with that, I pass. And thank you so much, Monica T. And good morning to you, Anita J. Good morning, Monica. Here I am. I unmuted. (laughs) I'm so happy to be able to talk about this. From my experience, I'm Anita J. Recovered out in Massachusetts, and um, this is probably God. Search it, I could call it reaching up for the gold, but for the sunlight, not even knowing that that was going to be the biggest gift I would receive from this program. The day I walked in, and that was in 1978. The woman was talking about God, and it was all right. In fact, it was almost a relief because I had for three years stayed away from churches because I was always disappointed, either in the minister or the parishioners or somebody. They were not living up to Anita's standard, wherever that came from. The point of the story is it caught my attention, period, and... um, then, a year after that, I was backed up in traffic where there had been an accident by a tiny little horse trailer hit a car, and an ambulance was there and the fire truck, and they were taking the girl out in a stretcher. And um, that's when it hit me because that he had always been there because a year earlier, I had been hit in the same place 
by a United Fruit truck, and I had not a scratch on me, and the car was totaled. And he had always been there. That was where no sunlight yet, but God got my attention and began to become personal. Then through all these decades, I began to see, I began to question, you know, though, if there is this God, why did I live through that childhood? And then I got my own answers. Then came, if there is a God, how did my son get in this accident uh, where, where he hit another car and the lady died in the other car? Um, 30 seconds either way and they would have missed. There was, we don't need to know, you know, about the black ice or anything like that. But the point of the story is I really now was in OA and I'm really praying about it. Where was he? Where was he? And the answer came and it didn't come. You know, I know and it's coming from God because it's some idea I never thought of, which was Anita. He was right there in the road with both of them. And that melted a lot. He had been with me when I was three years old. He was with my son when he was eight, 20. He was 20. And um, it's gone on like that until this last time when I entered vision, hopeless again. And I get in. I work it. I'm abstinent on a new level, though, totally new. And I am in the middle of my ninth step, and I walk into a room of a spiritual conference, non-program, and there was the sunlight. That's what I realized now when I knew I was recovered. Everything tilted and twirled. And um, that's when I thought I was recovered, but I also know, you know how much sun was in that sun, was in that room, and so that's all I want to say. And and I measure it now by how I work with other people. This glad change, and that is it. I'm telling you, thank Time. you. Vision. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. I hate to stop you, but it's goodbye, so good. Goodbye. Goodbye. I'm done. I'm done. Okay. Bye-bye. Thank you so much, Anita <laughs> J. Okay. It's uh, Mara Z. It's your turn, my dear. Mara Z. Good morning, Janice M. Thank you for your service. That's quite an act to follow, Miss Anita J. Uh, Maura Z. Recovered in Virginia. Um, that statement hit me hard. It melted the icy intellectual mountain in whose shadow I had lived and shivered many years. I stood in the sunlight at last. I don't have as dramatic a story, but it's my story. And I was in program for, oh, 13, 14 years, I guess, and had acted as if I knew God and had acted as if I had a relationship with God and, as, and acted as if I trusted him. And I believed in him. I never doubted that. I grew up with that belief as a young girl. But there was no way he was going to be interested in my little problems about not being able to, you know, lose weight and keep it off. He was there for everybody else in the rooms. He was going to help them, but not me. And then I found myself needing to move from California back to Virginia. 
and I had a lot of moving parts. And I had to estimate with as much facts as I could be given um, how how many days it was going to take to pack up my stuff, how many days was it going to take to transfer it, how many you know, days was it going to take to transfer my car, when, when should I fly out, and, you know, how much time should I give for even searching for a new home. And I allotted, you know, five days to find a new home. I found it on the third day. Went back. I had given power of attorney to my realtor. They did the closing for me because this was Virginia and I was living in California. And so then I took all of that information and I prayed on it, not knowing what I was praying, not knowing if I was praying right. And I, I set the schedule. And it turned out that I flew out on January 4th. My household goods arrived on January 5th. Oh, my car arrived on January 5th. Excuse me. My household goods arrived on January 6th. January 7th and 8th, I was able to stay at the home of a friend who had put me up instead of having to stay in a hotel. And on the 7th, I guess it was the 7th or the 8th, Max and I moved into our new home. My realtor had set up an airbed complete with sheets and pillow and towels and soap and toilet paper in the bathroom for me should I have gotten there earlier. I had been taken care of every step of the way. And I don't know how to explain that other than God was taking care of me every step of the way. The whole start to finish of my moving from California to Virginia, the whole step of the way, he was there. And all I had to do was trust, which was really hard for me to do. I didn't know what I was walking into, and I forgot to set my timer, Janice. I'm sorry. And so, well, I am about that time. <laughs> good. Then I'm just right to close here with I'm grateful that I now know he's in my life. And I do have trust and faith in him. And he guides me every day. And I thank you for allowing me to share. And with that, I do pass. Perfect. And thank you, Mara Z. Okay, Gladys F., it's your turn. Good morning. Good morning. This is My name is Gladys F. Can you hear me? I can. Oh, thank you. Uh, good morning. I'm Gladys F. for Compulsive Overeater. Um, I... Um, not sure what part I'm supposed to be sharing on, but I wanted to tap into this um, this part here where he said that where Bill said that he had um, uh, talked to. Since then, he had talked to the to scores of men who felt the same way, and 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 I can totally relate to that because where he said when the thought was expressed that there might be a God personal to me this feeling was intensified. Here say I don't know what Eddie said to him, but I know many, many times when people would say things to me about God, it would intensify my negative feelings that that I uh that I thought about God. And I really appreciate Bill having the courage to put down in writing what he really felt about, you know, you know, because I, I do feel the same way, you know, and I believe that, uh, uh, you know, I kind of saw 
God as his creative intelligence as well, but to kind of wrap my mind on him being like a person, a personal God to me, you know, that would just kind of always lead me back to the food. And uh, again, here at the bottom, when every uh, suggested to him, he, he again called him my friend. And I appreciate that, too, because it's showing that it was somebody he was willing to listen to and, and trust it because he saw what he saw what he saw. And then um, he said, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And that also, too, used to used to bother me when I would read that in the big book because I would think about how can I make God be what I want God to be? God is who he is. But thank God for the sponsors that I have today and, you know, they have experience with this textbook and can help me to understand it. And she told me from the – I appreciate the fact that she told me what she told me to suggested that I do from the beginning is do the set aside prayer and don't compare myself. That was her requirement, her only really requirement. And since then, you know, she said just go through the process. And what I learned by going through the process of working the step, to me, I'm getting a better understanding of what my own conception of my higher power can be. You know, and right now it's just at the point like. It's just a power, it's such a strong power that cares about me and know about me. And and, and, and and I'm the type of person, I'm almost like a burning bush type of person. Show me the burning bush. So God shows me things that this power, it shows me things about me that I know nobody else knows because this disease, I have secrets, you know, that, that was only between me and my food, you know, and my sick life. And I, I believe God, with all his power, he sees everything. So that's, the, that's my conception just for today, is knowing that that power knows me and wants the best for me. And I understand it more through, as I go through the process of working the 12 steps. Thank you for letting me share. And thank you so much, Gladys F. Okay, Larry K. Good morning to you. Good morning, Janice. Can you hear me okay? Yes. Okay, good, good. Larry K., recovered compulsive reader from Chicago. You know, I want to draw a little contrast because I was thinking, you know, there, you know, when we stand in the sunlight of the spirit at last, that's a, you know, even, you know, just the notion of that sounds wonderful. Love to, I love to stand in the sunlight. Um, you know, but there's, there's, there's someone on the line that, that feels very disconnected from any notion of sunlight this morning. There's probably one, and you, you know who you are. You know, you, you may have been into the binge foods yesterday, into the behaviors, and you're hopeful, but yet you feel disconnected. And, um, and I can certainly relate to that. You know, I was watching a Another bit of contrast, I was watching a TV program, I won't mention what, but it was, it was about a very, very heavy person, you know, and what her life was like. She didn't seem very close to the sunlight of the spirit. Her life seems very, very unmanageable. She was dying physically, emotionally, spiritually. And it's sad to see, and I can identify in with that, but the hope is, in this program, I know from experience that the hope is that we begin to change. We could, we could work these steps selfishly, 
no intention of changing, and and can, and, and we can we can just work and work and work, and we really get nowhere. The whole idea is being open to change, a change that only the God of my understanding could bring about. I could want that change. I could certainly need that change. But all I could do is trust in this process, like Gladys was saying, trust in this process, do the work, and see what to oh, be open to the change that only God, the God of my understanding, can bring about. And when I'm open to that change, then maybe, just maybe, I'll be before the sunlight of the Spirit at last. I know that happened to me. And to feel that power flow through is, is an extraordinary, extraordinary feeling. So that's the hope in this program. I've seen it happen. It happened to me. It can certainly happen to you. With that, I'll pass. Thanks. Well, thank you. Thank you, Larry Kay. Okay, we have a couple of more minutes. Who would like to take it? We have one enough for one more time. Vasa. Oh, all right. Well, well, we got Vasa. And, of course, we have next meeting, and we have a 10 o'clock meeting. So, Vasa, oh, please go ahead. Vasa? Sorry, I was muted, Janice. I know the time's coming up. Excuse me. We've got time. Thank you for your service, and I am grateful Recover Compulsible Reader calling from Florida. And, yes, I was very confused. I was very disconnected coming to this program. I didn't know what the heck the matter was with me. And then I learned I was going, that as I was going along, I was dying physically, emotionally, spiritually, but I didn't know. I did not know what was the matter with me. But I remember the person that stopped me for about a week, you know, she read her, especially the beginning, the doctor's opinion, and she said, trust the process. Just put everything aside and trust the process. It's going to work. Thank God I listened to her. I can identify with this paragraph. I uh, didn't uh, like the, the idea or hear the idea about God. I was scared. I was terrified to surrender. I did not know whether this gonna, God was going to raise me or strike me down. I thought he, I might just die, and what are my kids going to do without me? how they're going to grow up. So I did grow up with fearful punishing God. But again, in order to put the food, in order to put the food, I was ready and willing to, to, to believe whatever. I was ready. I said to my sponsor, I, I'm going to die. If I keep on doing what I'm doing, I'm going to die. So I, this gave me, she gave me hope. She said, trust me, it's going to work if you work it. But you have to work it. And, again, I needed to set the old ideas on the side and take, the, take, the, take, take her suggestion. suggestion. Uh, I chose uh, to continue with this program, and I did find a power greater than myself. It says, here, why don't you choose your own conception of God? And I did. It was a gradual process, but I was ready and willing. I didn't want to die. Thank you for letting me share and so good to hear everybody else share. God bless. Bye-bye. Mm. Well, thank you. Thank you. It's time to close this meeting. But, of course, we have another one, one at 10. Thank you to everyone who has shared. And at this time, I have today's share ID for Friday, March the 3rd, 2007. The share ID for today, 7 a.m., is 9681. 
So please join us for the second unrecorded hour of study immediately following this closing. We will now close with the reading from the big book on page 164, followed by the serenity prayer. Will Jackie B. please read a vision for you? Our book is meant to be suggestive only and keep you until then. Jackie. Hi, I'm Jackie, a compulsive overeater, recovering today from Bronx, New York. Can I be heard? Yes. Thank you for the service. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come. If your own house is in order, but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See it. See to it that your relationship with him is right and great events will come to pass for you and the countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your fault to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. 